Hey friends, today we have Naomi Rain from Maverick City Music on the podcast. Now, if you haven't heard of Mav City, they're one of the biggest Christian contemporary groups out there right now. Man, they are killing it right now and I love their diversity, their authenticity. Right now they have an album out with Elevation Worship entitled Old Church Basement. Go out, well, I was going to say go out and grab it, but go out and stream it <laughs> but during this conversation Naomi just we, we talk about some of the behind the scenes of making some of the music that Mav City has been doing like promises like Jubilee like man it, it's so good to hear her insights about her faith her fear and overcoming that and her just being yo a straight up real person and also we from the same hood so you know it's love it's a good episode Naomi thank you for being a friend of hope <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your friend of hope. I like that. I'm gonna put that on a shirt. Hey, hey, babe. I got an idea. <laughs> Woo! All right, I just hit recording this bad boy. We have Naomi Rain on the In Search of Hope podcast. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so we were just talking, and um, Naomi. Yo, you're from you're from New York. I am born and raised in New York City. Queens, New York, all day, every day, because I'm not moving out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yep, from New York. Yeah, man. And and so, you're from New York, too. Yeah, man. Queens, New York, man. This is that yes. quick, ultimate connection. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah, now now forgive what you guys may be hearing is some lag, um, you know, because Naomi right now is traveling. So the internet connection where she's at is not pristine, but it is all good. Yeah, we're hoping it gets better. I'm sorry. No, please. It's all good. So you guys, so right now, I mean, I have, there's so many questions to want to jump into, um, but you guys are traveling right now, right? Yes, definitely traveling. I know that's like a lot for people because most people are not traveling. Most people are staying put still, um, but I've actually been traveling since what, like last November, like November, I've been I started traveling and it's been, it's been beautiful because not many people have been traveling, but also it's, it's been crazy, you know, to get to see how things are moving and how things are going, even in the midst of this pandemic to really be out and amongst the people. Um, it's been crazy. Yeah. It, it, you know, cause I remember like watching, like watching you guys and especially your movements. Right. And during the pandemic, you guys are still dropping music videos and it's like, I remember thinking to myself, certain people during this pandemic will find a way to make things happen. And that's exactly what you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you it's, take us through that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think what I what I don't want to do is shame anybody who's taken a break or like relaxed during this pandemic, because I think the pandemic was different for everybody. Right. I feel like it was a reset. Um, and some people needed to just rest. Some people needed to just take a break. And um, we did not do that. Um, <laughs> we had the same, you know, I think there was maybe like, what, four four months where I feel like we kind of stayed in the house. But I remember the first time I left um, during a pandemic to travel was actually probably in June mm. or July. Um, and we went, we got together, the Maverick folks, and we went, I, that's where I recorded um 
the story I'll tell. Mm-hmm. And um, we did a few other songs and there were only a few. This is why, like when you watch the video, there's only like a few people in the room um, because we were still distancing. We we're still trying to be safe. Um, but we felt like there were songs that people needed for this season and we had to record them. We had to get them out because we knew like it's bigger than our fear of COVID and, I, and COVID-19 is a real thing. It's, um, you know, there's some people that try to make it like it's nothing. It's a real disease. People actually get sick. Many of us have gotten sick, you know, mm-hmm. and have had to heal up. Um, I got it way early. So I haven't been sick since I had it in March of last year. Um, but I remember that that was real. That was hard. But to be honest, um, to me, it's, it was worth it. It was worth coming out the house and traveling and doing what what I felt like the Lord was leading us to do, leading me to do, um, to help bring hope to people who have been basically, you know, there's no more church. There's no more Mm -hmm. gatherings. People aren't gathering with their family members, even people that they, that um, outside of church, right? And like spiritual activity, just being with friends and family many people weren't doing that and if they were there was still this like tinge of guilt or like maybe we shouldn't do that there's like a tinge of fear associated with all of it so to get to um to get to make music for people where they felt like they could look at a bunch of people together worshiping god and be inspired in that to me it was worth it you know absolutely yeah um i can even speak to like the idea of um feeling the guilt or like um like knowing that you know you feel like god is calling you to kind of push through and covid is real and it is fearful but you still know you have to do something do you know um yeah. yeah like can you uh can you tell me tell me more about some of the maybe even the fear that you may have been feeling because you had got it yeah i mean okay let me just tell you this about me I used to be a major germaphobe. So (laughs) we're not even talking about COVID. I'm talking about the flu, a common cold. Um, If you had allergies next to me and you were sneezing, I'm looking at you like, uh, I don't know. Because like, who's who's to know what this actually really is, you know? Um, But as I... It's really crazy. As as this pandemic started, I felt like the Lord began to deal with me about fear. And he and what I realized, I think once we realized, and it's before they said it was airborne. Because remember, we were all like like doing a bunch of we're still sanitizing because you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to get anything. But the reality is that this is this is airborne, you know? Um, and it catches quickly. And it's like it's one of those things, you know, that, that kind of just gets you and it, it's it's hard. When I realized, I was like, this is about breathing. This is not really just about what we're touching and putting our fingers in our mouth. That was always a thing, right? Um, which most people didn't care about it because y'all are not germaphobes. I am, but I always was like, wash your hands, don't touch me. You know, that's how it was um, on a regular basis. But when I realized it was airborne, it was like, hey, you could actually go crazy about all of this stuff or -hmm. you can rest in the Lord and trust the Lord and just use wisdom, just use wisdom. So, um, I felt like for this, this past pandemic, this past pandemic, like we've had a bunch, but like in these past few months, I feel like the Lord's been dealing with me on fear to just relax and rest in him and to do things from a place of purpose. If there's purpose in it, I can do it and I can trust that I'll be okay and use wisdom, wear your mask, you know, distance, don't be in it, don't be drinking off of folks, you know, and I've never been one of those people that's like drinking off of people and touching and putting my fingers in my mouth and I'm going to tell you right now, and my, my husband looks at me like, who are you? Because now I'm like, 
it's fine. You know, like I'm now I'm so free with it. Yeah. Um, I got delivered from that fear. And I know that's weird because now is a time where most people who maybe weren't germaphobic are now so conscious spraying and using, you know, mm-hmm. antibacterial wipes and all the things. And I'm like, no, I really, I'm really trusting. Um, I know some people are going to be upset about this. <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm being like, lax about it. I'm not. I take my supplements. I take my vitamins. Mm-hmm. I do wash my hands in Jesus name. Yeah, um, but on. I'm also, I'm also not over, over doing it because I realize, you know, our hands actually have a natural barrier that help ward off sickness. And so when we overwash our hands, we use too much antibacterial and antiviral stuff that actually pulls down our resistance. Like, so I'm trying to trust that God made my body in a way and you know, that that's necessary. Um, I'm taking supplements. I'm doing everything to build myself up so that if I do come in contact with this virus, um, I don't have to get it, but I'm trying not to be crazy about it because I feel like the fear of getting sick actually was more stressful and painful for me. I remember waking up because after I had it, I was still going through like lung issues for a while. I had to go to the doctor, get a bunch of stuff and and take medicine um, to heal my lungs because they weren't 100%. And, but I remember after that, there were times like, now, mind you, I had been healed or whatever. Once I thought I came in contact with a person who had COVID, like let's say somebody hit me up and was like, hey, man, I know we were together a few days ago. I got COVID. That night, I can't breathe. I'm freaking out. My oh. mind is like, I'm right. so I was like, oh no, like you're bringing yourself to this place um, and you don't even have it. You don't got tested. You you know, and I was, I'm getting tested all the time, um, which is annoying, but um, <laughs> you know, it's like you did, you've done it. You don't have COVID, but why are you feeling the symptoms? Because mentally my mind was going back to, I was so afraid and I realized, oh, the fear of this is probably going to be more debilitating than, than, probably if I actually got it, I'm, I'm going to actually suffer by being afraid. So I decided I will not be afraid. And if I get it, I will, you know, do whatever I have to do. I'm not saying life goes on, but I hope life does go on. Right. I hope it doesn't take me out, but I can't live afraid. And it's crazy. I have a song called finish strong and there's like, it's about punching fear in the face and finish strong is on there. It's about punching fear in the face. And that's literally how I feel like I've gotten to where I've gotten this by saying, I will not be afraid. Fear will not have me. Fear will not rule me. Now I know, I know people are afraid, you know, but I will not have like a spirit of fear. I will not let it control and dictate my choices. Fear Mm. will not decide for me. Mm. You know, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. I'm going to let him guide me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask him what to do. And I'm going to do it. I might feel afraid. I might be, you know, I have, or some hesitation, but fear will not make the choice for me. And if anything, when I'm, when I'm faced with fear, I actually know what I need to do. And I'm trying to live that out and walk that out. It's like become a part of my discipline. I want to live by faith. Mm. I have to live by faith. And I'm saying this because I'm like, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, I have to live by faith. I cannot live by fear. When I live by fear, it doesn't work. I'm actually living a lesser life and I'm in more pain. I'm in more turmoil. I'm having nightmares. I'm, I can't sleep at night. Whatever it is, it doesn't work. I'm irritable. Like it doesn't work. So I'm, I'm not doing that. And honestly, if I'm, if I'm really honest, I feel like the Lord has really showed out and, and shown me what a faith walk looks like. Is it easy? No, it's still hard. I'm mm. still sometimes sad and still can't sleep at night. But that's more so because I'm like, are you sure, Jesus? This yeah. is me talking to him on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, 
This is the main line. Um, I'm telling you what I want. I want to do the thing that feels comfortable. You know, I, I'm still like doing that. But to me, that's a better place than like agonizing over what hasn't even happened. You know? Yeah. Man, that's real. You you ain't said nothing but a word, sis. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but how, but how do you think fear has played into where, like, if we're tracking your career, like, over the last couple of years, like, legit blowing up, you know? And we know that you had to start somewhere. Like, I, you know, I was, like, checking, like, you know, I was, like, researching and do, checking out some of your older albums. You know, uh, I love the fact that you played the acoustic guitar. I was like, come on, sis. Come <laughs> on. But, like, to go start from there. And we look at you out here traveling in Dallas, right, or wherever you at right now. I'm like, in Dallas. yo, there's got to be a lot. There's got to be a lot of fear in between, like to to even try, right? Yeah, but I, again, like I tell you, the first song I ever wrote on my guitar was "Finish Strong," and Ooh. it was. It, it's funny how the start, the first, is about how I'm gonna finish. Um, I felt like it was a prophetic song. Um, it still is a prophetic song and it's, and it's because I read a book and it was called start punch fear in the face by John Acuff. And I read it and I was like, Oh, I cannot be afraid. Like, this is not going to work. Like fear is really the only thing that's stopping me that I can control right Mm -hmm. in my own life. Um, that's the only thing that I have real control of is like how I'm governed or not governed by fear. And I realized that that was going to be the opposite of everything that God wanted for me. It's the opposite of faith. It's oppositional to faith. It Faith is here and fear is like, no, no, you, it won't happen. It's yeah. the opposite of love. Love mm-hmm. is, is free. It's open. It's, um, it's correction even. And mm-hmm. fear opposes love. It's like, I'm going to lie. I'm going to hide. I'm not going to be my real self. I'm going to, mm-hmm. because I don't know what's going to happen. I need faith and I need love, you know, and, um, and fear was going to oppose that. So there was, um, a lot of moments where I was afraid. I was afraid to let go of certain relationships and, um, and even like one thing was like honorariums and stuff like that. Like I was afraid of making decisions that might make it seem like, or look like I thought I was better than somebody else or I was higher or whatever. Like there were so many decisions and things that I was so afraid of, but a lot of it was surrounded, was surrounding my fear of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I am in my, um, in my fallen state, I'm a people pleaser, you know? And like, I want oh. people to be happy with me and I want and I want them to be happy. I genuinely want people to be okay. And so I put myself on the back burner and it's kind of like, I'm good as long as you're good. Um, and I had to even fight and fight some of that and start taking care of myself and saying no um, and saying, no, I can't be there or no, I can't do this or that. Like even today I had to ask like, hey, can we push back um, the, the thing? And some of that is because I'm having to work into my crazy hectic life a, a sense of normalcy and that means and, stuff, and I'm not always I don't always pre-think it like we're still getting used to so we're getting used to things so we we don't always think of it in advance but sometimes by saying hey like man I messed up my schedule doesn't look like I thought it was gonna look but I used to be afraid to be like hey can you ask them to push back I would kill myself break my neck 
had to do something that was difficult or that would cause me to maybe not eat all day. And so now I'm irritable. I'm, I'm annoyed and I'm trying to like pray later. Cause we have like a recording later. So then I'd be like grumpy at the recording. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. Like you have to be in like a, a, a space and, and you have to say what you need, you know? So even that was something I had to break through fear. Um, to just say what I needed. And that's for some people, they have no problem telling you what they need. Oh, give me this, give me that, give me that. And I'm like, um, yes, I'll take some water. Like I'm not going to ask for water, you know? Um, but it's good now. Um, I do think, cause people will look at me and be like, you're so confident. You're so strong. Like when you sing, there's such a, like, uh, and I'm like, but God, you know, like it's, yeah. it's just, it's the Holy spirit. I know there is like a, I'm a mommy, you know, and um, not just in the natural, but in the spirit. I know like God has given me certain things, but there's still things that we struggle with and still fears that we have. And even how people perceive us, you know, you want to be perceived a certain way. And it's, to me, I've found that making hard decisions, saying the necessary things, saying no down to the type behind the guitar and i love it i love to play it and i think i will I, I will probably start bringing it and playing it more again but i was hiding behind it and so i had to take a moment to put it down and that was scary for me um all the things even talking to you right now like i wouldn't have wanted to do this before i'm like i love to talk as you can see i love to talk <laughs> but like i'm like i don't know like should i say this should i not say this in my mind i'm like what should a real interview be like and now i'm just like <laughs> I'm just going to say what the truth is, you know, I'm just going to way causes us to be dishonest and authentic and all of that. What I realized that people actually want real, they want the real person. They want what's actually happening. And so I'm just trying to serve God and be real. And so <laughs> we'll see how it works out. Yo, we, we, yo, people really appreciate that to be honest though. Cause I know when, um, a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of people in our worship group and, and our team, when they see, like when they saw you and some of the other homies in Maverick, it's like they it's people that look like us, you know, um, come to find out people from the same area, essentially from the same hood, you know, like, yes. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no wonder I felt like I could relate to her. <laughs> Yo, oh my so God. I was I was listening to um, Mav City One. Right. And mm -hmm. the, and so the first time I actually heard you was on two was it volume yeah was on promises i, I believe three yeah that's why three three, part three, three right and i was like okay i was like yo this sister and brother joe who has you know who has dope locks too shout out to joe i'm yeah. saying the first names like i know everybody you know yes it's joel joel oh my apologize why he does this he like puts a space Sorry, this is a personal thing. It's Joel. He, oh, he set me up then. So it's Joel. You know why? Because people ended up calling him Joel, oh. and he didn't like that. So he puts Joel, thinking ah. that people will say Joel. But people have left out the L, and now they just call him Joe. I said, your plan backfiring on you. You're doing a great job, okay? Nobody knows your name. It's like, it's like Samuel L. Jackson. It's like, and now we just call him Samuel Jackson. It's like Samuel yes. L. Jackson. Yes, Samuel L. Yes. We just forget L's in our culture for some reason. It's so bad. You know what? Because black people don't be taking no L's. Yo, we don't oh. take L's. <laughs> Yo, I'm with you. You never, listen, I ain't going to let you go out by yourself. I'm going to be with you the whole time. So, so, <laughs> so we see you show up on part three, right? 
Where were you when they record? Were you with the crew? What happened? How'd you pop up? So I was I was on volume one. What? I sang I Am Loved. Yep, I was on volume one. So I was on the first volume. And and I Wait, you just cut out? Two, but I was there during the recording. Ah. Yes. And then I showed up on volume three, did promises. So what you guys gotta know too is that when we record, um, I was not I did sing for the recording where you hear the stuff for volume two, but some, okay, we could record, right? Let's say tonight we were going to record for Maverick. Mm -hmm. Half those songs would be on the next album and half the songs from the recording we did a month ago would be on the next album. And then they would take the other half that we recorded tonight and put them on the album after that one. So Mm -hmm. there's like, it's not always the same night. And when you see the videos, you can see that we're wearing different clothes. Mm-hmm. So they're like two different recordings, if that makes sense. Like even Story I'll Tell was on volume three, part two. Mm-hmm. But that we recorded during the pandemic. But the other stuff on volume three, it's like something we recorded way earlier. I sang a song with Brandon on the night that of most of the stuff that was on volume two. So it's like, there's so much like, mixy uppy because um <laughs> we want the songs to make sense for an album uh, it's not necessarily like just the night of the recording that we're releasing gotcha gotcha so how did you even get with math because you know i was trying to like research like yo what is the like what is the what is the genesis of all this because i'm like wait she's i, had, I felt like you're from new york but things are happening in the carolinas i'm like Atlanta? Like, wait, what's going on? Atlanta. Yeah. So, and we're all from, we're all from all over. Um, Okay. The best way I can say this is that I was invited to do a Black History worship set um, Mm. at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. They're year one. Um, I was invited with Chandler, Dante, Jay Thomas, and Alton Eugene. Alton Mm -hmm. actually invited us to do that um, when he was leading worship at Bethel. So we came out there to be with him. When we came out there, I met Tony Brown. Tony Brown wrote Good, Good Father. And I met JJ. Um, his, his name was John Jay. And we call him JJ. Um, they, them two had been putting together writing camps. They, they're from House Fires. They were putting together writing camps. So they have been doing a few writing camps with a few people. And some people don't know what a writing camp is, but it's really where we get together to write generally for an album or for an artist. Like there's like a general purpose for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we were getting together at, well, he was getting people together to write people that were more marginalized voices. He realized like Mm -hmm. um, Tony was like, I'm in the rooms with, with all of these people, but they are mostly white men. Mm. And he said, the body just looks different than that. So he said, let me pull on some of these more marginalized voices and start to see if we can get some stuff going. And so he pulled a lot of his white male friends, a lot of his white female friends, black mm. friends, Indian, all all the people, all the things. Um, and so brought them together and started writing. I think they were doing that for about six months, um, which maybe they had like three of those things in six and then, um, so then when we meet up here in Reading, Tony was there, JJ was there, and he's 
come through. We're going to do like a low-key recording. We have some songs that we've written. Want to get a demo for them. Would you down to like sing it and record it? And we can shop these songs to artists because that's what writers do. You know, we, we mm. you write a song, you want to get your song placed by an artist. And so I was afraid. I was like, nope. I'm not saying yes, I'm going home. That was where I was. But remember what the Lord told me, don't be afraid, punch fear in the face. So I said, yes, I was scared. I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, no, no. Ended up um, getting the song. They gave me the song like an hour before we had to record it. So if you if you go back to watch the video for I Am Love, mm -hmm. I'm holding my phone and reading yeah, the lyrics yep, yep, the yep. whole time. <laughs> and um that's because i don't know the song and i just i just learned it and so i sang um dante sang a few songs and then he sang real thing that time and he sang i think he sang my soul sings oh like these songs are super dope we sang you're welcome in this place me and chandler um i think there was another oh alton sang the doxology mm -hmm. um and that was it and it was just and that was just that was just worship. That was just like the doxology was just a worship piece. So when we got um, when we got back, I got back home uh, maybe a week later. Mind you, there was no name on it. There was nothing because it wasn't a thing. It was just yeah. writers coming together. Um, he, we got back. He was listening to it and he was like, "Yo, I feel like we could put this out." And I'm like, "Tony, are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna put it out and we're just gonna see what happens." And so I'm like. Okay. Mind you, 2019, we, we, we met in March of 2019 because the Black History thing had gotten pushed. So it was like in the beginning, like first, second, third of March around then. That's when we recorded it. I think it was out in June. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you know what? It was out in May. It was out in May. Put it out. It, like people were like listening to it. It, it like caught and I don't know how it caught, but I think it might have something to do with the fact that it's just a bunch of industry people that you're connected. Like, you know, when you're connected to people in the industry, you just, that's who it goes through. Yeah. Um, and it started to catch. It started to catch, catch, catch. Um, he had told us, I think he told us when he was putting it out the week of, he was like, um, we're going to call it Maverick City Music. What do you think about the name? And I was like, no, they're going to think we're rebels. Like, the <laughs> church is going to be sad. I don't know what to do. I was like, Tony, I don't know. I don't know. You know. He was like, we're going to call it Maverick City Music. And that's named after Atlanta because that's where Maverick is based mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And Atlanta mm -hmm. is called the Maverick City. And um, and also a Maverick is somebody that does not conform to social norms. And so it was just like, it was very prophetic. I didn't know uh, that I was a Maverick, but I am. Um, I didn't know, you know, Dante was a Maverick. Aaron was a Maverick. Um, MJ was a Maverick. I didn't know these people were that, but we are. Chandler is a Maverick. You know, we didn't know that, but we were. Um, and so then we started to get together. We started coming to the camps. We did one in June and we did one in July. Um, and every time we went to a camp, we did a recording. And so mm -hmm. what you see is like, we, we write, we would write songs and then we would go rehearse for our recording, which rehearsal just looked like hearing the song probably for the first <laughs> and second time. Um, and like trying to piece it together. That's why everything is so like organic. Everything is so like, it's just simple because we didn't have a lot of time to rehearse. We didn't have a lot of time to practice or get stuff together. The vocals are not the best. There's no auto tuning and stuff. And it, they might, they might fix a few things if it's really bad, but you know, we, we just sound how we sound and um, yeah. And we just get together and worship in the room. And what we found is like it, it caught and that's, it became what it was. And I'm telling you, we, 
we released that in 2019, like May of 2019. So it's, it's May of 2021. It's been only two years and God has done something amazing with it. But I think it was like perfect um, for what God is doing in the earth. And when I think we, what, when God really blew on it was for promises, Mm. um, when that thing was released right at the, right when everybody was going into quarantine, Mm. it was, it was a, it was the timing. So the promises was going to be on volume two, but it room, everybody was kind of like, eh, you know, like, it was just like, well, we'll see what happens because sometimes you don't know how it is. You know, you're in a room, you're worshiping God. And then it's like, you know, there were other moments that night that was so beautiful. And honestly, we just were kind of like, we'll see. Joelle and I couldn't see each other. So it was difficult. We really? felt like it was difficult in the moment of us leading worship. Yes, there was somebody standing in front of it. And I kept remembering the whole time, like, I should have said, hey, can you move back a little bit? Because, you know, when you're leading with somebody, you want to see each other. Yeah. When I listen back to Promises, it sounds like we're so in sync. It sounds like yes. we heard every single little thing. We didn't. My ears were cra- crappy little in-ears or whatever. I couldn't hear everything. Aaron is trying to struggle to see me. I'm struggling to see him. Like, <laughs> there are more, like, in the room where we're in the it was hot in the room. Oh my goodness. It was probably the hottest it's ever been in that room where it's a crowd of people. Yes. I don't like crowds. So I was uncomfortable. Joelle was uncomfortable. All of these things. We, we worked out the time like that. I would sing the, um, the bridge. I was supposed to sing the second verse, Mm. Um, but Dante, we were sitting in the room and Dante was like, nah, I think Joelle, you should sing the second verse. Let her come in on that, on that first chorus with you. You go back into the second verse and then, Nay, harmonize on the pre-chorus, and then nay, you you take the bridge and go out. Ooh. Like this happened minutes before we started singing, and so it's like all of it was just a flow and just trusting, um, trusting the Holy Spirit, and also trusting the process and trusting the creativity that He's given us and the insight, even Dante's mind and ears in that moment, um, and then even the moment that came out when we like the prophetic "I'll still bless you" moment. Yes, like, that was. Like even the choir wasn't even getting with, they couldn't hear, they couldn't hear me. So they kept singing the chorus and I'm like, I'll still bless you. Yeah. And they're still singing. They can't hear it. And then I think, um, I was about to stop singing it. And Aaron goes, nay, stay with it. Ooh. And so I sang it and I can hear him in my ears, but I just kept singing it. And it became a thing. Like none of that was planned, you know, oh. but God used it to hold us and to really hold the, the church together in the midst of this pandemic, when we wanted to give up, where people were sitting there watching their loved ones pass away alone mm. from this pandemic, when people were fighting and praying that people would survive this pandemic, Ooh. when we were um, thinking about Ahmaud Arbery oh. and thinking about George Floyd and going, you know what, God, we're going to hold on to your promises. We're going to hold on to the truth of who you are um, because you're good, even when this country doesn't treat us well. You know, Ooh. that's, and that's how God works. Like, you don't have to think it's great. We left there. We listened back and we're like, oh, wait, I think this might be something. And JJ, um, JJ and Tony were like, 100%, let's put it on the next album. It was set to come out before we even knew we would be quarantining. And, and God did that, you know? So uh, I, I got chills literally just hearing that story. Like, just watching it, you know, watching you guys sing it, you know, like reflecting on... I feel like I was in that hot room with you where you can't even see Joelle and just, that <laughs> is nuts. That's crazy. That's we talk sp- about it all the time. That's the spirit right there. 
And so now can you like take us through some of these camps? Um, because, um, and also do you need like a, a water break or anything like that? I do. Can you, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Naomi's saying I have eight minutes, even though I told you I have till the camp. Nah, that's cool. I mean, listen, I got you for an hour, you know, listen. Okay. So if she said eight minutes. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I have to get ready for this. We have a whole recording tonight. You do. I was like, man, she's giving all this good energy to the pod. Uh, she needs to save some of that. I'll be good. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, you know, and you know, like, you know, let's, man, yeah, let's begin to wrap up right now. Because, I mean, there, there are more like insights I would have liked to get, like um, being able to take people behind the scenes of what the riding camp looks like, what those recording days are like, because hearing it from you versus watching it gives people such a different appreciation of it. Um, but hopefully we can schedule some, you know, later on and get you. Yeah, again. we can do this again. I mean, and I can answer it. I can answer it shorter. Cause I'm just, she's more so telling me like, stop answering now we want to respect nayo she's 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 hustling she's keeping me together she's keeping me on the straight and narrow yes fact we all need a naomi in our life naomi hopefully i'm pronouncing that right yes naomi (laughs) so how about this how about this so okay oh yeah oh i can answer that question about camps yes 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 so with the camps um what it is is we get it we split into groups of maybe three or four um and we get in there and really we start talking. We just start saying, hey, how are you? Some people were just meeting for the first time. Some people we've known for a long time. And we just talk, say, hey, how's your heart? Where are you? What's going on? How you doing? And those conversations, and we might talk for an hour. You know, we might talk for 20 minutes. And um, sometimes you can talk for 20 minutes and write a song for an hour, or you talk for two hours and write a song in 20 minutes. And no matter how we choose to do it, it, it comes out. And, and usually we come out with some really cool stuff, um, based on the conversation. And we might start in one place, might start with faith and end up, you know, in like just the faithfulness of God. And it's like, it's, there's not a lot of pressure, um, to write songs. And that's what I love. It's about connection. That's what I love about the Mav writing camps is like, the focus is on who we are as people, not what we do as writers and not like, you be this prolific person or whatever. And then even when we came in, nobody ever said who they were. You know, it wasn't like, do you know who that is? They wrote this, they wrote that. We wrote Because really? some of these writers are writing some of the biggest worship songs in, in our churches, but you might not really know their name. You might know the artist, but you might not really know mm. the name. So I remember when I, I did my first write and I got out of the room and then I realized that person wrote great. Are you Lord? <laughs> Somebody told me afterward, like, do you, do you realize you were in a, and I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You know, it was scary. It was scary after the fact, but it was never about who people are and all of that. It's different when you're an artist and people are like, Oh, I see you. Cause they know they see you, but mm-hmm. writing is different because people might not know what you've written. Um, so that's how it kind of flows. And we're, we're able to hang afterward. We do a lot of hangs. We have lunch. We eat together. It's really more about the community so that when we get together again, it, like we don't put all of our eggs into the first right. We say mm. second right, third right, building relationship. That's how it is with Brian and Katie Torwalt. Um, the first time we wrote, yes, we didn't, we, we talked for three hours. We talked for three hours. We didn't get a song. Um, but the second time we came together, 
we got Jubilee and like, we, we just love it so much. Ooh, that one is, ooh, that's hard. That one is hard. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I know you got to go. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, yo, we are, we are rooting for you. We're praying for you and, and we're supporting you, you and your ministry. Thank you. I am so grateful for this. You are so easy to talk to, uh, as you can see. Um, and I'm just super grateful. Thank you. I'm glad to know that my New York fam, my Queens fam is holding it down all day, every day. You already um, know. And you yeah, we know. <laughs> listen, keep praying for us. We need the prayers. You know, things are changing quickly for us and we really appreciate everybody's prayer. We believe more than this is just a group, you know, and a musical thing. This is a ministry. This is what God is doing and we, we know we've been tasked with carrying something that's major for the body of Christ. So all of the prayers are appreciated. Um, we we need it. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yo, I'm going to stop the recording and just stick around for just like some closing you know, just uh, some closing details. Oh. When we left-